three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Topic Four. Things I wish I knew when I started AT Talks. We're here with Leah and Ed. Anybody want to go for? Actually, if you could quickly introduce yourself, say like uh, what state you're in and what you like to do, and then we'll go into the topic. Uh, I'll go first because I'm the only lady. So um, I'm Leah. Uh, this is my puppy, Laura. So say hi. She's to Nebel because she's still a puppy. But um, hi. Um, I am currently, formally, kind of in between, but um, I'm at Pacific Union College in California. And I just accepted a position with Vibrant Care um, in Sacramento. Yeah. Um, I'm Ed. I'm in Vermont working at Castleton University, currently watching my lacrosse practice uh, from the booth. It's about 18 degrees outside, so I want to milk this interview as long as possible so I don't have to go back out there anytime soon because my basketball season just ended and I like the, the cozy gym. So um, things that I like to do, uh, spend as much time with my wife and son, dogs and cat as much as possible and woodwork every once in a while. So that's me. All right. All right. So today's topic, things I wish I knew when I started. Who wants to go for, I have to tape an ankle. I'm going to leave this thing for like a few minutes, but I'm going to mute myself. Get, get out of the, <laughs> no, kid, stop it. I don't have permission for you to be on video. Okay. So, um, and I'll unmute myself in like three and a half minutes. Okay. Um, you can start, Leah. Yeah, so definitely the first thing coming out, and I think this is kind of across the board with most people, is um, learning how to say no. Um, I think that's a huge one. Um, like understanding, and I, like I'll take a different approach on saying no. Um, sometimes uh, saying no, like as a respect for yourself. Um, like we all talk about burnout. We all talk about um, like feeling overwhelmed, overworked, underpaid, all of that just jazz, um, which is kind of consistent. But um, saying no because you respect yourself, um, not just because you don't want to do something. Um, so that's one of the, my biggest things that I've learned more in the last two years in my position than I have in the four and a half years I've been certified, so. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting take. Um, I've never heard it worded that way as a respect for yourself. It's kind of, it's just getting my wheels kind of rolling, like why would I say yes to something I wouldn't ask someone else to do? Like that, when you just said that, that's what I was kind of thinking. Um, because I do think a lot of people say no, not the fact that they don't want to do it, but a, they, that's kind of like they have to set that boundary, but that's how it comes across. But I think the way you word it is the perfect way for someone who does say that and has to explain themselves can. So thank you for that. Yeah, um, no problem. Um, like my thing is, is I'm the kind of person that I don't like to produce like poor quality stuff. Um, I don't like to not give people my full attention. So if I only have 20 minutes to rehab somebody, um and then they have practice like i don't feel like i'm getting a connection if i also have to do treatment and rehab in that time so mm -hmm. tell them no like 
don't bother coming in. Like, I don't have the time to see you today. Like, let's reschedule for tomorrow or, hey, like, I can only do rehab or I can only do treatment. You can come back later to get the other one. And so. Yeah, and it's so funny because as soon as you say let's reschedule that athlete, the athlete sometimes responds in a way where they feel kind of jaded. Like, I'm not as important as either task a b or c or athlete a b and c and then you kind of lose that kind of that compliance with them and then that just sets everything back so yeah no um i can agree i've had some difficulties with that so i think learning how to say no but saying it in an appropriate way Mm -hmm. Um, so like for example like telling someone like hey let's reschedule it's not that Uh, like, and telling them why I don't have the time, because I think um, there's a lot of chaos in insecurity, so, and, like, uncertainty, so, like, if someone doesn't know, they're going to immediately resort to, like, that negative idea, so, like, like, if I just tell them, like, don't come in, or no, I don't have time, they're probably going to be more, like, oh, she doesn't care about me, she doesn't, like, uh, women's cross country. She thinks that I'm a waste of time. Like they're going to resort to like that kind of like negative self-talk rather Mm -hmm. than saying, uh, like when I tell them now, I'm like, Hey, like, I don't have time right now. I'm prepping for volleyball practice. Um, you know, I set aside these hours for you. Um, and you missed your appointment. So it's also like accountability factor, like saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, to come in at three you said you could come in at three and it's now 3 45 and you want to come in like so it's more so like that transparency and the accountability factor as well so mm-hmm. so i've been trying to think all day what i want to talk about because i watched all the other videos and people talked about everything that i was about to touch on um that's fine I, trust me the only person that's watching all the videos besides you is me so go ahead no. i watched them yeah. like i just cut off before the very end because <laughs> yeah it's like two seconds yeah but the the one i was thinking of is um the point was made in, about being wrong and it's okay to be wrong and I, to kind of piggyback on that, um, being able to admit that you're not sure was a big one. I know that was spoken about where it's kind of gives, it opens you up to the athlete into a little bit of vulnerability. So they feel greater connection, I think, where it's like, you don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to figure it out together. And I think when you get into that, relationship with the athlete where it's kind of like you're going into the unknown together it kind of brings you a little bit closer so I'm glad I started getting comfortable doing that the other thing too with my undergrad I was a bookworm um and I felt like I had to have all the answers all the time so I I studied for every exam by myself um and I felt like I had to do everything by myself, problem solved by myself. And it wasn't until about my fourth year as a certified where I was just like, hey, I did this eval. I think it's this. Um, 
but I'm not sure. I'm not getting a good feel with the Lockmans. Can you do it? And in all honesty, I've kind of, I've kind of incorporated that in where I tell an athlete, I'm pretty sure you tore your ACL, but your legs are kind of big. I got sausage fingers. My boss has much bigger hands. I'm going to let him tug just because, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a network where there's five of us right there. So we can bounce ideas off each other. Um, and again, perfect example. One of my athletes just got an elbow injury. I haven't eval an elbow in eight years. And my boss is right there. He works baseball and he does elbows all day long. So I talked to my athlete and I was like, you know what? I could go through this whole long eval, eval process and still not be confident. And so I just, my boss was right there. I was like, hey, do you mind? He, he did the eval for me. And I mean, I probably would have jumped to the conclusion that he tore his UCL. And I think it was more just a, a wrist flexor strain. But um, so being able to kind of put my, what was my ego aside and all for the sake of making sure the athlete gets a the best answer possible so we can come out come up with the best plan possible so that's probably the the biggest thing i've learned that i wish i knew my first four years so so we had just saying no saying no is okay being wrong is okay and uh do we have a, a round two yeah um One of the things that, and like, this might also be just like situational based. So I went to school in Vermont. um, And then I came and moved back to California. I felt like I was prepared for working not in California. And like, I didn't have athletic training connections in California. So like, I think that's one thing I would like to see, obviously, um, is a better connection. <laughs> you want to say something? Um, but then I also, like, think that <laughs> building connections, <laughs> um, like, like, mentorship and stuff like that. Because when I came to California, like I'm building programs where I go sometimes. Like, uh, like we're told that there's no licensure or regulation in California. And like, that's what we're told in college. But I never would have imagined experiencing people posing as athletic trainers. Like a girl my age, uh, like I was the first year as a high, at a high school, a girl my age comes to a game and comes into the training room to tape up a couple athletes and I'm like oh like hey like how's it going like being formal like how you're taught like you always go and say hi to the athletic trainers you say hi to the referees like whatever and whatnot so I'm like like she just walks in my room and I'm like hey and she's like hi and then like just goes to taping her athletes and I'm like trying to start conversation and I asked her I was like oh are you a certified athletic trainer like where'd you go to school that kind of thing and like having someone that just like looked at me like I had six heads I'm like oh okay and then having people taking care of your athletes who aren't certified and like dealing with those things I definitely wasn't prepared for 
but that's also like just because of where I chose to go to school, but. Yeah, I think just going back, I feel like with schooling, it's all teach us how to do everything. Um, I remember we did in our admin class, choose one state, find their practice acts, and that was it. We didn't really learn. I feel like the, the, the reasoning behind having practice acts wasn't stressed enough. Um, so like, it wasn't until I think three years ago, I really started caring because I think Vermont has a decent practice act and I'm not really involved with the Vermont, uh, Vermont Association of Athletic Trainers, which I feel bad saying because I do want to get more involved and hearing everything about California has kind of sparked that. Um, so I think, I think, a, I mean, I'm generalizing, which isn't great, but I think a lot, a lot of younger athletic trainers just, just kind of expect the older generation of athletic trainers to take care of all the advocating and everything at this, at the state, at the federal level, um, because it's just not really stressed enough in school where it's like we have to be able to be able to take control and show how important we are in in the healthcare world um the other thing too when i was in school there wasn't a there wasn't like athletic training as part of the as part of the medical model is all athletics so that's been an interesting thing that's been developing that obviously i it's not anything i could have been prepared for but that's how I've always seen it. But now that there's the medical model, I really want to know more about it and figure out how someday I might be able to get that incorporated, if not here, somewhere else, if I ever move away and take another job to be closer to family. But I always felt very confused as well in undergrad because they would they'd be like, oh, well, uh, if you read the practice act, you know, you probably shouldn't do this, but you kind of can. And then you go in the practice, practice act and you'd read it and you'd be like super duper confused. And you were like, yeah. see where you're doing stuff and, <laughs> I mean, when I was in grad school, I was at Springfield College and they were, re, they were working on their practice acts and all they were trying to do is just change wording, like pronouns, nothing crazy. And the process just to do that, it's like, oh my God, no wonder nothing gets done. And just how important simple words are while trying to make a bill. Yeah. So it can make your practice easier. Well, I mean, California's been fighting for licensure the entire time I've been alive. I'm 26. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty yeah. good right now to start it on up again and get support. Well, and the thing is, is there's been more push in the past couple of years than um, there has been in a while. Um, but I didn't know that. Like, and I think that especially like with these ATEP programs, a lot of people aren't necessarily like from the area that go there or, you know, you go get a GA ship somewhere and it's four or five states away from where you got certified in. So you didn't even think about being licensed in that. And like going through that process, like 
I'll be honest, like I didn't pay as much attention to them talking about licensure during that time because I'm just like, I'm going to California, like there's no licensure stuff for me. And I'm like, and if I really need to know about it, I can just Google it, right? Um, so. That, um, that was a big, big area of education that I felt uh, I just knew nothing about nothing because I got my undergraduate degree in Illinois and I got my master's in Illinois. And then three months later, I was in Indiana. I was like, ooh, Indiana different than Illinois. I need to learn what I can and cannot do compared to what I already knew I could and couldn't do in Illinois. But see, like reading practice acts and- It's difficult. Like implementing it, I feel like are like troubling in essence. Mm -hmm. Like I read the practice act as I was coming to California, but then I'm like, this is such a great area because I can work under a physician and the physician says, like, it's kind of like up to him or whatever and whatnot, so. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing too that I wish was more stressed um, is the importance of a good EAP. Uh, I just remember being in school as well, being like, oh, the emergency action plan, just make sure you don't, kill the person and keep them as safe as possible until the ambulance gets there to take them away. And um, right now, my my boss has given me permission to kind of revamp ours and just the little things I'm thinking of between all our different facilities, um, how we want to handle certain types of situations. And it is so much more involved and I was like, I was just thinking to myself the other day, it's just, you could spend a solid two years coming up with a great emergency action plan for your institution and still be missing stuff. Like my lacrosse coach goes, because we have snow banks on our sidelines of our, of our field right now, we have a long path from our gym to our field. So if we ever had an early spring lacrosse game and a kid was down, sometimes that, that path, is not plowed well enough. So it's like, how is the ambulance gonna to get to the field? <laughs> so just little things. And like I said, because everything in four years is a short time to learn what we need to do. And now they're gonna make it even shorter with a, with a five-year master's that a lot of it, just, we're still learning based on being thrown into the deep end of the pool. like even to touch on that a little bit too is like it's one thing to make a fake eap mm -hmm. to a facility that you already have an eap to it's another thing when you're making a policy at a new place um like i know it's a struggle for me because there's things i don't know the answers to and i'm asking the appropriate people the questions and they don't know the answers to and i'm like well, I need to know this, like, so like, for example, at the school that I'm at right now, we have a volunteer fire department. So if an emergency like that happens, like our ambulance, like is volunteer. So their average response time is like two minutes, but it doesn't mean that like, that's guaranteed. I'm like, what's my backup? Like, what do I do if they say, oh, we can't, like we're already out on an emergency, like yours doesn't sound that serious or like, like just like 
what if scenarios and being able to address those appropriately. So. I'd kill for two minutes. We have 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, like, I don't. I don't think there's enough emphasis on the importance of a policy and procedure manual and emergency action plan. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, make sure you have an emergency action plan. And you would be shocked by how many schools, how many secondary schools don't have an emergency action plan written and they don't have policies and procedures for when things might go sideways. Like when I came to school in 2018, there was no written EAP and there was no written policy and procedure manual. And they had an athletic trainer here the last 15 some years. I was like, oh man, we got some work to do. Yeah, and I think the thing that's crazy is I thought it, I thought mine was, and I think a lot of students think theirs are, is that the ad administration of athletic training is kind of a fill-in class. Yeah. And granted, it's not pretty stuff, but how important it is, I wish that was stressed a lot more because when I first started working and everyone's like, so... Where's this? Where's that? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so. Yeah. Anything else we want to add to the things we wish we knew when we started? Um, I mean, I have plenty, but I'd be beating the dead horse. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, one thing that I actually thought about, um, like, and, and it was almost like a sub category off of some of the things that the other athletic trainers have said is like, obviously, like they talked about dealing with different personalities. My thing was dealing with entitlement. Um, I struggle so much dealing with somebody who like thinks that the world revolves around them and that I'm sitting here eating dinner because it's my 10 minutes of free time and that I need to put down my fork and just cater to them and how to manage that appropriately and how to like even deal with that personality because I'm just like I don't like you right now like leave me alone let me eat <laughs> and kind of going off of that but one thing I wish um with other athletic trainers is i think it's really easy for people to judge each other and just thinking like i'm not better than any other athletic trainer out there because i remember when i first came out of undergrad i thought i was the man Shit. and i even <laughs> i even said it on somewhere where it's like at the end of the day it doesn't matter how good of an athletic trainer you are you're gonna get feet shoved in your face anyways um so it's one of those i always i think i wish i had received the advice where it's like be humble i mean mm -hmm. work together and since getting back on twitter how many people i've reached out to that are willing to help each other that i might not have taken or asked for that help before because i thought i was on a different level than everyone else which obviously isn't the case so and that's really the whole point of having these at talks is that we're connecting various athletic trainers that you normally wouldn't connect with. So now if I have a question, I can be like, oh, I know Ed's uh, experienced this. He's got lots of experience. Let me ask Ed one before I wouldn't have asked you or not mm -hmm. like, oh, if, if I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, Leah has um, 
information on this, I go talk to Leah now, but before I wouldn't have done that. That's really the whole point is just trying to bring people together outside of a couple, you know, 180 characters where you can take things the wrong way and then you're bashing each other. Everyone's upset all the time. Yeah, and there's absolutely no need to do that. <laughs> I, have, I have to say Leah or I'll say Leah. So <laughs> I have like six E's in there. All right. All right. Anything else? We did everything. We're going to wrap it up and go home. I think we're all set. All right. Well, I'm good. I, I appreciate the two of you coming on for uh, another video. I really enjoy talking to you too. It'd be fun to talk to. We can really, um, we could talk for like an hour and it would fly by way faster than we would think. Yeah. How long we only is have it? six minutes and 59 seconds. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could just stop the recording and start a new recording. We'd have a <laughs> talk about whatever you want. See, I didn't know there was a max time on these things. Well, it's because it's a free version. If I if I bought oh. premium, it wouldn't be an issue. But you don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. This is fine. Okay. Well, you yeah. guys get ready Friday and have a good weekend. You too. Thank, Thank you, too. you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.